0: Welcome to another lecture in the MSK Cornerstone course. This is a continuation of our sports medicine lecture series. In this lecture, we will address ulnar collateral ligament injuries, posterolateral rotatory instability, and valgus extension overload disease. We will conclude the talk by discussing osteochondritis dissecans lesions, little leaguer's elbow, and olecranon stress fractures. All right, let's get started with UCL injuries. UCL injuries are commonly seen in overhead throwing athletes, particularly baseball players and javelin throwers. Because the ligament is stronger than the physis, UCL injuries are relatively uncommon in skeletally immature athletes, who instead will develop little leaguer's elbow. We will talk about that a bit later on. Occasionally, UCL injuries can occur following an acute trauma. However, it is much more frequently attributed to an overuse injury. Repetitive valgus stress during the late cocking, early acceleration phase of throwing will cause you to damage the ligament. As with anything, let's first address some anatomy. The ulnar collateral ligament or UCL has three components. The anterior band is the strongest ligament and is the primary stabilizer to valgus stress from 30 to 90 degrees. From full extension to 30 degrees of flexion, the olecranon provides the majority of stability to valgus stress. So from zero to 30 degrees, it is the olecranon and after 30 degrees, the anterior band of the UCL takes the brunt of the force. The anterior band travels from the sublime tubercle to the medial epicondyle and is isometric throughout flexion and extension. It does, however, get tight in extension and lacks in flexion while the posterior band gets tight in flexion and lacks in extension. The posterior band can be released during a contractual release in a stiff elbow to regain some motion without compromising the elbow stability. The transverse ligament plays no role in stability. So how do patients with a UCL injury typically present, and what are the diagnostic physical exam maneuvers? With acute injuries, some patients will report an acute pop localized to the elbow. However, most times the patient will complain of medial pain during late cocking, early acceleration, that has been more gradual in onset and associated with a loss of throwing velocity and accuracy. What would you be considering if the patient complained more of posterior or posterior medial elbow pain that occurred during the terminal elbow extension phase or the deceleration phase of throwing, valgus extension overload, and we will touch on that in a bit. It is also important to assess for any ulnar nerve symptoms or pain with resisted wrist flexion indicating either subluxation or compression of the nerve or damage to the flexor pronator mass respectively. On physical examination, patients may have pain directly over the UCL insertion. There are several provocative maneuvers to look for when you suspect a possible UCL pathology, including the valgus stress test, the milking maneuver, and the moving valgus stress test. The moving valgus stress test is 100% sensitive and 75% specific for an ulnar collateral ligament injury. Radiographs are typically negative. A gravity stress test may show medial joint space widening. You're looking for a greater than 3 millimeters of opening to be diagnostic of a UCL disruption. MRI arthrogram is considered the test of choice to make the diagnosis, and it will demonstrate a T sign with contrast extravasation. Recently, dynamic ultrasound has gained interest and may show increased laxity with valgus stress. Now, if I tear my UCL, I'm getting nothing done. And that's the typical first-line treatment for most non-elite-level throwing athletes. Patients can rest, undergo physical therapy, focusing on flexor pronator mass strengthening. High-level athletes, however, may need to undergo an ulnar collateral ligament reconstruction. There are several techniques with the most popular being the figure-eight or docking technique. Neither technique has proven to be stronger than the native ulnar collateral ligament. Most surgeons prefer to split the muscle instead of detaching it from its origin. Patients with preoperative ulnar nerve symptoms or subluxation may undergo an ulnar nerve transposition at the time of reconstruction. Complications include damage to the medial antebrachial cutaneous nerve which crosses the surgical field. About 90% of patients can return to their previous level of sport by 9-12 to months. Let's move on now to the lateral elbow. We will discuss posterior lateral elbow rotatory instability. This can occur as a traumatic injury with varus stress or as an isolated injury, however more frequently is found after an elbow dislocation. Disruption of the lateral collateral ligament complex can lead to a posterior lateral elbow rotatory instability. During forearm supination, axial load, and valgus stress, the radial head may become subluxed posteriorly away from the capitellum. Think of the position that the arm is in when pushing yourself out of a chair from a seated position. First, let's discuss the lateral collateral ligament complex. There are four components. The lateral radial collateral ligament, the accessory lateral collateral ligament, the annular ligament, and the lateral ulnar collateral ligament. The lateral ulnar collateral ligament originates at the lateral humeral epicondyle and inserts onto the tubercle of the supinator crest. Patients with posterolateral rotatory instability typically present with pain and mechanical symptoms during the position of vulnerability. This is the position of supination, axial loading, and valgus stress, so again, think of pushing off a chair to stand from a sitting position. The provocative exam maneuvers include varus stress to the elbow, tenderness over the lateral collateral ligament, the lateral pivot shift test, and an apprehension test. Evaluation begins with plain radiographs of the elbow to rule out any associated fractures and to confirm reduction following an elbow dislocation. MRI, however, is necessary to identify acute tearing of the lateral ulnar collateral ligament. Non-operative treatment includes reduction of the acute dislocation followed by immobilization for approximately one week. If the lateral collateral ligament is disrupted and the ulnar collateral ligament is intact, the patient should be splinted in pronation. If the lateral collateral ligament is intact, but the ulnar collateral ligament is disrupted, the patient should be splinted in supination. The patient should engage in early range of motion exercises according to the stability of the elbow. Surgical intervention includes reconstruction of the lateral ulnar collateral ligament complex using either autograft or allograft. The critical component is that the graft covers the posterior 25% of the radial head. The graft is secured with the arm in neutral rotation and 45 degrees of flexion. Postoperatively, the patient should be placed in a hinged elbow brace to prevent any unnecessary varus stress across the elbow. Early range of motion is encouraged as patients can become stiff. Forearm pronation is maintained for approximately 6 weeks for the graft to heal and protect the repair. Let's move on now to valgus extension overload disease. This is seen in overhead throwing athletes with pain localized to the posterior medial elbow. They are most symptomatic with full extension of the elbow during the deceleration phase of pitching. It is caused by repetitive stress leading to excessive shear forces on the medial aspect of the olecranon fossa. This can lead to osteophyte formation, loose bodies, and chondrolysis. Some patients present concurrently with cubital tunnel syndrome. As stated earlier, the patient will present with pain in the posterior medial elbow during the deceleration phase of pitching. On physical examination, the patient may be tender to palpation over the posterior medial lacranon and they may have pain with forced elbow extension. Plain radiographs show osteophyte formation in the posterior medial lacranon. There may be loose bodies as well. An MRI is helpful in differentiating this from a partial tear of the ulnar collateral ligament. Osteophytes can best be appreciated on a CT scan. The initial management of valgus extension overload disease includes non-operative treatment with anti-inflammatories, rest, and activity modification. If the patient fails conservative therapy, they may undergo a posterior medial osteophyte resection, loose body removal, and debridement of any cartilage damage. This can be done arthroscopically or open. It is very important to remove only the osteophytes and not normal olecranon. Resection of the native olecranon will decrease the bony contribution to valgus stability. This will increase the tension across the ulnar collateral ligament and may result in damage to the UCL. Let's talk now about osteochondritis desiccans of the elbow. Osteochondritis desiccans of the elbow is a localized injury leading to subsequent separation of the articular cartilage and subchondral bone of the capitellum. This typically occurs in patients after the age of 10, more commonly in boys than girls, and involves the capitellum of the dominant extremity. Patients are typically involved in either overhead throwing activities or upper extremity weight-bearing exercises, such as gymnastics. It is believed to be caused from a repetitive compression-type injury to the immature capitellum, leading to vascular insufficiency and eventually failure of the subchondral bone. This has been associated with Panner's disease as well. Panner's disease presents in children less than 10 years old and is also self-limited. Most teenagers with an osteochondritis desiccans lesion of the elbow will typically heal in 16 to 18 months of non-operative management. These patients will present with elbow pain that is gradual in onset, associated with activity, and localized laterally. They may complain of mechanical symptoms including catching, locking, or grinding. They may be tender over the lateral elbow and show a decreased range of motion and possibly have an effusion. Radiographs may show a bone defect localized within the capitellum. Panner's disease exhibits an irregular epiphysis while an osteochondritis desiccans lesion shows a well-defined subchondral lesion. MRI is useful for assessing the size, the extent of damage, and whether or not the fragment is loose. Treatment includes non-operative management, Stable fragments, or type 1 lesions, are treated with cessation of activity for 3-6 to weeks, followed by a slow progression back to their sport for the next 3 months. Operative management ranges from diagnostic arthroscopy and subchondral drilling of the capitellum to fixation of the lesion and possibly debridement and loose body excision. For testing purposes, a stable type 2 lesion should undergo retrograde drilling of the capitellum. Another common sport-related elbow injury in our pediatric population is little leaguer's elbow. Little Eager's elbow is a generic term including medial epicondylitis, ulnar collateral ligament injuries, and flexor pronator mass strain. This occurs in younger patients and is associated with repetitive valgus loading seen during overhead throwing motion. Younger patients are much more common to have apophysitis or avulsion injuries than ulnar collateral ligament sprains. This has been associated with throwing breaking balls as well. Bottom line is, throwing motion causes tension overload over the medial structures, The repetitive contraction of the flexor pronator mass stresses the growth plate, leading to apophysitis. Patients may present with pain in the throwing arm, decreased speed, decreased accuracy, and distance in their throw. They may be tender to palpation over the medial epicondyle and show pain with valgus stress. Radiographs may show physio widening of the medial epicondyle. An MRI will also show increased edema of the medial epicondyle apophysis. This is also a helpful diagnostic test to rule out any ulnar collateral ligament insufficiency. Non-operative treatment includes rest and activity modification. It is vital to stress the importance of following pitch counts to both the parents and the coaching staff. A displaced medial epicondyle fracture may require operative fixation. Let's talk now about olecranon stress fractures. Olecranon stress fractures are a rare injury predominantly affecting throwing athletes. These patients will present with pain in the posterior medial olecranon that is worse with throwing and improves with rest. On evaluation, radiographs may be normal. A CT scan is helpful for delineating the fracture pattern. However, an MRI may be the most helpful for ruling out any other suspected collateral ligament injuries and identifying the stress fracture. Non-operative treatment includes cessation of throwing and activity modification. They should avoid any valgus loading stress during this time. Operative management includes fixation with a large single compression screw or tension band wire construct. All right, that concludes our talk on sport-related issues involving the elbow, including ulnar collateral ligament injuries, posterolateral rotatory instability, valgus extension overload, olecranon stress fractures, and our pediatric issues of osteochondritis desiccans and Little Leaguer's elbow. Thanks for listening, and please check back for updates frequently.